never miss the water till your well runs dry. You never miss Joe Turner till he says goodbye. And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Tonight is Thursday, April the 6th, 2023. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Uh, hey, Joel, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you as, uh, per not usual for a while, Brooklyn, New York. Um <clears throat> And my hot take today is not a super hot take, um, but I am just so fucking glad that baseball is back. Uh, mm-hmm. I went to a game this weekend, and it, I didn't go to a single baseball game last season because various health issues, well, one health issue. Um, I was in cancer treatment all last summer, and I didn't get to go to a game. But I'm just so fucking pumped that baseball season has started. And I got to go to Fenway on Saturday, Sunday, on Sunday, which is one of the few games that they won in that homestand. Um, and it was a beautiful day. It was like sunny, clear blue skies. It was probably 40 degrees and super windy, really cold. Um, and it was a great day for New England baseball. Um, and it where was, was the wind blowing? Uh, it was kind of just swirling around. Um, was it like blowing out of, over the green monster? No, we didn't get any good home run. Well, that wasn't one of the big home run games. It's been a weird season so far with Fenway because usually, you know, until it starts to warm up at Fenway, the ball doesn't carry, and there's Red Sox. Pitchers gave up a lot of home runs in those first two openings. Uh, But, you know, the Red Sox got a decent amount of home runs, too, but they really gave up a bunch. Um, But that's, like, very unusual for springtime at Penway Park. And it's also really unusual for the Red Sox to kind of open up the season at home. Um, Not only that, but there were no rainouts. They played seven games. Seven Six games, I think. Yeah, six games. And not one rain out, which is really unusual. Against Baltimore and Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh. We got swept by Pittsburgh, and we took two or three from um, from Baltimore. And then we just beat the, the Tigers today. But I got to say that, you know, it's too early, I feel like, to make any sort of real predictions. But the predictions from the preseason have been playing out in the early season. Yeah. The Red Sox starting pitching is terrible, uh, and the bullpen is, seems better. And then the um, – and, you know, I'm, re- I'm liking our lineup. I got to say, you know, really miss Xander Bogarts. But I do feel like this is a team – this is a lineup with something to prove, and I can't say that about the Red Sox lineups of the past few years, mostly because, like, so many people – were on there that had won at least one World Series with the Red Sox. So, um, but other than Devers, right? Other than Devers, I feel like everyone in our batting order really has something to prove. Maybe not Kike either. 
Um, but, uh, you know, Justin Turner is kind of trying to start a new chapter after being in LA for so long. And Yoshida's first year in the majors, um, as a Japanese hitter and, you know, he's there's kind of kicking ass, isn't he? <clears throat> he's having, he's, he's playing decent baseball. He's two, um, three, yeah. Two, yeah. His at bat, if you watch the game, it's interesting because he either looks really completely lost or he really looks like he can, like, yeah. or he really hits the ball extremely hard. Um, but I, I'm not, you know, like, I, I don't know if you guys remember the offseason leading up to the 2022 season, everyone was really pumped about this guy, Seiya Suzuki, who went to the Cubs eventually. Yeah. Um, and he had kind of a shitty year last year. Um, he and, has flashes. I think he's going to be better this year. Right. Well, that's the, the you know, the Japanese hitter. With the exception of Suzuki, it's like uh, Ichiro Suzuki. Everybody who comes to Major League Baseball from the Japanese leagues um, generally doesn't do very well in their first year. Uh, I can think of so, one other exception. Who? Well, not their first year. Never mind. Yeah, gonna... so there's there's like an adjustment year. Um, I think Yoshida's hey, going to be good. Matsu, oh, uh, Matsui? What? And no, uh, Otani. Otani, but he was oh, Otani. His first year, though, he didn't hit that well. Right. It was the second year that he really, really put it together. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I gotta watch him. Anyway, Sorry. he. Uh, so anyway, he's got something to prove. We got some rookies. Um, we have some people who have been in the league for a while who have never really gotten a chance to start who are, they got something to prove. Um, and then all of our pitchers are terrible, but they, if they don't want people to think that they have something to prove too. <laughs> I like this um, because this gets back to what you were talking about either last week or the week before about the Red Sox being the kind of team that you would make a movie about. All these young kids with something to prove. All right. Speak. And old guys. And old guys. And the one Japanese right. guy who doesn't And the speak. one Japanese guy who doesn't speak English. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. I think that's a good, good, uh, good take. Right. And, you know, if the starting, I mean, it'd be hard to believe that the starting pitching could go an entire season being this terrible. But if the starting pitching is going to be bad, then the Red Sox are going to have to win games coming from behind. And that's well, an exciting thing, too. 17 to 16. Right. Yeah. Um, which played out in the Orioles series, for sure. Uh, but, you know, they scored nine runs in each of their first three games. And they're only one of three teams ever to do that. Um and you know, I think the offense has the potential to definitely score some runs. So nice. I texted you. Well, but I'll oh, go ahead. Also, uh, well, I just I think it's cool that you're, you know, like take time and 
it's weird because we kind of like you lose sight of sort of the the forest for the trees or something but to like just to go to a game and like have that experience you know it's like it's been a year and like like last year you had kind of a rough year and it's like to go to that game it's got to feel kind of like it's really got to feel good to be back at the at the stadium and watch the fucking game you know yeah it feels amazing return of it it's like and just having something to shoot the shit about whether whether any of these predictions or any of these thoughts come true or whatever you know any of these narratives hold it's still just cool to be talking about them, especially no, totally. And the, you know, also it was like probably thirty-five degrees wind chill factor, um, and we like we weren't sitting in the sun. I think sitting in the sun, it was going to be, it was probably felt a little Terrible. warmer. But um, where we, you know, we bought tickets a few weeks ago, and when you're buying tickets to a Red Sox game in April, um, and you you know, don't have that week's weather forecast, you generally want to get a seat underneath the overhang. So, um, because of rain, because of rain. Um, but anyway, it's like, you know, growing up a Red Sox fan, going to baseball games in Boston, there's something about going to a baseball game where you need to have like hat, gloves, sweatshirt, jacket, like, you know, full on, you know, wool socks. Um, that's like, Something about that says bit like that's baseball to me, you know. Also, you know, playing lot. playing little league also, that's same deal. It that can was be really a, cold in Vermont. That was an epiphany I had a couple seasons ago at the end of the season. Yeah, same deal. And end like, of the season. It's kind of and it, it is totally the same thing as sort of the cyclical nature of the season, you know, and it's like baseball is such a long season. So you go from the cold of the spring to the cold of the fall, and it's sort of yeah. all fills fills the whole summer and it's such a cyclical feeling and it's sort of like you know it's it's uh, at the beginning of the year it's cold and you and you might have a chance but at the end of the year if it's cold and you're still in it that's pretty that's, that's when it gets kind of intense well you know? the play or you're in the playoffs yeah so and it's just sort of a, yeah and you're wearing but and it's still baseball but it's a completely different environment right right and the, different from the dog days of summer that where you're like playing in the middle of the summer and it's hot you know what i mean and like the, you go to game ball games and it's a, just a totally different vibe it's like yeah that whole, that whole sort of nature of it, it's always really got me you don't get it unless you go to the game yeah like no 70, totally 70 what 75 percent of the games are going to be in that summer zone right Right. But, yeah. It depends on the climate. You know, you're in Miami. It's like you don't really experience it. Boston, you really do. Right. Sure. The, the, the magical games are the first month where anything is possible. And it's the first game you're going to, and it's cold and it's April. And then the right. other magical games are, oh my God, we're about to win the division, hope, you know, right. or, or something. And it's cold and it's, September 27th. Right. Yeah. Sunny, sunny weather games are probably most the most inconsequential games you go to, but they're probably they're fun for their own different thing or something. Exactly. Agreed. Yeah, 100% agreed. That's a big... I also think that, you know, this season, and this is something I thought of when I was at the game, is that, like, I have no expectations for the Red Sox this season. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I think That's... that they'll be, I think they'll be bad. Um but I think that, you know, I think there's a possibility they don't finish in last place in the East. And I think that there's a very, like, I think that there's a real possibility we don't finish in last place in the East. 
And I think that there's an outside possibility because everybody makes the playoffs this year, these days, like that we could get the last wild card spot this season. Um, Good plays in the AOE. Right. But I'm just, I'm so pumped baseball's back and I'm like very excited to just kind of have no, you know, it was like, it was a lot of years that the Red Sox were trying to win the World Series every year. And there were for real expectations most seasons, even, you know, those years that the Red Sox have been up and down a lot over the past, you know, 10 years or 20 isn't it, years. Isn't and, it freeing, Sam? Isn't it like sort of like you're like, oh, I don't have to worry. It's like you're welcome right. to be a Turner fan, you know? Like, but now we're now we've swapped and now i'm like oh my god if we don't make it with julio we're never gonna make it <laughs> a lot of time to make it with julio that's the thing it's like yeah. you know we just had devers for 10 years i'm i'm pretty pumped about that and i you know we could be we could be decent this year or we could be bad but you know i do feel like we could be really good in the next few years you know so- all right. Um, I'm also, we'll, you know, 13 minutes into this podcast, but also, no, that was great. That was wonderful. That was a great conversation. Do not apologize. Also joining us as per usual is Thomas. Thomas, how's it going? Going good, Joel. I'm coming to you as per usual from Seattle, where again, I'm folding clothes while I talk on the phone, which I take great pride in. Um, the, my hot take is that. He's really good at it. We could see a folding clothes. I need to put it more on display. Yeah, Yeah. it's like uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if you had worked retail at some point. You know, no, I never have, but I but it's just become it's become a thing that where I'm like, and I I want it to be. I want them, like you say, clean lines. That's very important. You know, it's like like display quality folding that we're that we're viewing here. You can't see it on the podcast. But yeah, for the listeners at home, <laughs> I'm displaying my folding technique for Sam. Thomas is also wearing his Dump on the Ump t-shirt, which I really yeah. appreciate. He's been rocking the brand. and It's a little too small, so I mostly wear it at my own house. Oh, yeah, you okay. got to it out in the public at some point. Right. You, can no, blame I- Marin. you can blame Marin for that. I contacted her on oh. shirt size. Oh, well. For you guys. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I also just need it large. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to be a lot smaller. I'm kind of bigger now. So yeah. um, anyway, so my hot take. So my hot take is I well I also went to a, a live baseball game, which was wonderful. It was the the fourth game of the season. It was the first game of the Seattle Mariners against the Angels. So I got to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani just single handedly or dual handedly destroy the Mariners. Um, which they did took two out of three from the series, aside from the Luis Castillo start, which at this point in the season are the only two games that the Mariners have won. Our game started by Luis Castillo. Uh, But my hot take was that I was really taken with the WBC and I really enjoyed watching those games and was, I think at some point on this podcast might have even said that the World Baseball Classic might be saving baseball or like the energy from the, those games just seemed so invigorating and it seemed like something, the only thing that's going to bring in outside fans. So I was with that in mind, I went to this game on Monday and while we were sitting there, the 
this couple from the Dominican Republic came and they had Dominican Republic flags and she had a hat and a Julio jersey that was signed and they were like speaking Spanish to all the uh, you know we, we were our seats were right on the dugout because they're my company seats and I don't know she at some point I got the impression that she maybe knew Julio's dad but she obviously had was like a step you know talking to all the players but she was also so invested in the game and like her and her boyfriend or whatever were like there's sort of like this active there was this my my, my hot take is that it's not the WBC that's going to save baseball it's the Latin oh. influence and it's the the Dominican and the Puerto Rican players and their fans and that sort of level of investment in the minutia of the game. She was like on, not on, you know, it's, it's not every pitch, but it's definitely every bat at bat. And in every at bat, there's a pitch that kind of is critical to how the at bat turns out. And the engagement of the crowd into that moment has a lot to do with sort of the fun of baseball. And so like when I go, I'm pretty actively involved in the game. So, you know, it's like in certain times you get more involved in the, in your spectatorness. And she was doing that in sort of in her own sort of way, but it was really like the whole crowd around her was kind of like, would like engaged more. And so like she and I were kind of like, you know, yelling and hooting and hollering and stuff. And, and the crowd kind of saw her and sort of like engaged with it in a way that was, I hadn't seen Seattle Mariner fans are maybe some of the whitest fucking people in the world. Right. So like, it's you don't normally see that kind of behavior and it was just really refreshing for me as a baseball fan to sort of sit there with another person a couple people that were really kind of like interacting with the minutia you know noticing when little things happen she you know otani hit had an epic at bat and then he hit a pop fly foul that that uh you know the third baseman Gio suarez made a really good play on and got him out and she was just like the way she reacted was just so like Oh, we got him out. That was the guy. We had to get him out, kind of thing, you know. And it was, and I don't know. There was just a really, it was a cool moment to watch, and it, it really helped me feel good about like going to see a baseball game at T-Mobile Park, where a lot of times people can be less invested in what's happening on the field. Totally, but we had a great. Totally agree. I'm I'm thinking about the Leadom game that we went to last November. Uh, between Luise and the Ideas, which is, you know, it was a high-stakes game. That was like a regular season game between the two best teams in the league. So fans were fucking pumped about it. But every fan was invested in that game from pitch. Right. And every moment of that game, too. You know, it's not, it's like, it's like there's this sort of like this understanding that's inherent in a lot, like people that spend a lot of time around baseball, I feel like. It, it was Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and, when, and when the fans get involved, then the players can tell, and there's sort of like this give and take that's palpable, I think. Right. Just to play a little devil, I, I actually agree with you. Just to play a little bit of devil's advocate is the flip side of that, going back to our conversation that we had about Sam's hot take, is that one of the best things about going to a baseball game on, let's say, August 5th, is that there's only 5,000 people at that game. You don't really have to pay attention to it. You can hang out with your buddies and drink two beers and take a stroll around the stadium, and maybe your team's going to win or lose, but it doesn't really matter. And that's a different kind of beauty of baseball 
Right. Well, that's what I'm saying to I'm saying to Sam about his you know new new life as a team with low ex lower expectations. It's like there's, I mean, I was laughing with my coworkers because the Mariners came out this year, and everybody's like, you know, they've got pressure. They were in the they made the wild card and they won the first round of their first round matchup. You know, like they made the playoffs, so there was expectations on the team, and so the you know the first week, the weekend series was packed to the gills, and I went on the Monday night after they lost three out of four to Cleveland and uh, it was, yeah, half full. It was like no lines for beer. You know, I was like, I was like, this is the speed that I'm totally down with. <laughs> like, it's like, you go to, you, when your team's doing well, you, it takes, it's hard to go to the park, you know, and there's a different, but there's a different anticipation and a different expectation. I think, I think like it just depends on your circumstances. Like you can go to a game and have a completely different experience. And I don't, say that like you can go to a team that's really lousy or having a bad season where there's 20, 20 you know 20,000 people or 10,000 people there and really engage in a game you know what i mean but, or you can space out with your buddy that's also can be really fun but you can do that either way i would say i thought yeah i think that well, I think that a day at the ballpark is always better than a day anywhere else, just in general, regardless of regardless of the outcome of the game or the season, right? Or the expectation, you know, like you or, or the expectation. You you could go and you can have a good time, but that good time can look like a lot of different things. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think that that are mutually exclusive. But and I don't yeah. and I don't think but that I think the other. Hold up, Thomas. To your point, I hey, think Thomas, that... Thomas, Thomas, what are you folding right now? What was that? That was a baseball juice. Yeah. Yeah, it's Elliot's jersey from last year. He just sleeps in it now. The Rainier nice. Uh it's just the Rainier Rainier uh is the name of the Little League district. Uh, orange team. <laughs> that was Rainier. last year. That was last oh, yeah. year. If anybody's looking for us this year, it's Royal Blue. Royal Blue. Nice. Yeah. Right, so yeah. We're, 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 last year, they were the... Actually, you know, this orange one might be from the first year. I think it was red. Light. I can't remember. Sure, this year, we're Royal Blue, so we've been trying to come up. And I've been trying to get these kids to come up with an... Have I mentioned on the podcast that I'm a Little League coach now? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, last Good week. God, what a ridiculous choice that was. Uh, <laughs> these kids are monsters. They don't listen to me at all. <laughs> the, um, I'm, an, I'm an eighth grade teacher Tom. well these kids are six and seven so they're a little bit younger <laughs> uh yeah anyway uh so yeah we've got a bunch of different names we're trying to figure out one of them one of the kids was like we should be the team names i was like you want to be the rainier team names and he was like yeah it's a good so, name I was like, okay, well, that's our working title. We're going to, we, so we say that at the end of every practice, we go, go team name. And, but I think now it's going to, we got like a few Royal Rebels or like, I don't know, undefeated Eagles was one of the name options. I think somebody came up with it. I was like, hey, that's bad though, because we're not undefeated. I mean, I, I although then I was like, although we, I guess we are undefeated because our first game was a rain out, but <laughs> if we lose, we won't be the undefeated Eagles. Then we just be the Eagles. Right. We're the undefeated Eagles. Whatever. It's an attitude, not reality. It doesn't matter how many games you You're win. You're right. You're right. Like the mascot is like, 
Like it's but with but eagle wings, you know? Exactly. We're the undefeated eagles. We're five and eight. We're the undefeated eagles. For those listening at home, I was pantomiming what a undefeated eagle would look like, which involved a lot of arms folding. That is what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's like a nineties hip hop cover. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> think of Marky Mark as a bald eagle. <laughs> But with a shirt on. Okay, so not Marky Mark. Never mind. <laughs> right. He's wearing pants. Uh, um, what yeah. I think, Thomas, is like, you know, if the Major League Baseball is such a crock of shit, and I know that at some point we're going to get into rules again, but to your point earlier about, like, expanding the, the interest in the game, it's like, <clears throat> it just yeah. feels like, you know, they're, they do that London series every, every year and they're just like really obsessed with like getting into the European market. And they're like, oh, look how good the Czech Republic, you know, bookkeepers did this year at the WBC or the or the Great Britain. Union, the Czech Republic. Yeah, I think they scored like one run, right? Whatever, yeah. that guy struck out Shohei Otani. And then the, the Great Britain, like, generic uniform team or whatever i love that it was like the lens crafters fucking or like orby parker or something like that it wasn't yeah it wasn't even it was like the government issue this is like (laughs) it was like shit's like cigarettes like a white pack that said cigarettes on it or something like that the same company that makes the prison inmates jumpsuit made these uniforms and but the thing is it's like that's not where the expansion of baseball is. It's like, this is the Donald Trump, like, oh, we need to get baseball people from good countries interested in baseball. Like, we need to we sell baseball get Europeans interested in baseball. It's like, no, motherfucker. Like, the expansion of baseball is in Central and South America and, like, East Asia. You know what I mean? Like, this is where... Where people are really engaged get, in the game. You're never going to get Europeans to be interested in baseball for more than one weekend. Like it's just never going to happen. It's like the it's like when the NFL does their football and like American football series. And right. It's like just the same thing. Well, not quite the same. I think the English people like football more, maybe. Yeah. Me question, you know, their their judgment. Yeah. No, I agree. With I you. agree with you, though. We all agree. I think that the, 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 but also I think that both of those things are ways that you would grow baseball. And so, and they're, so it's like the, the, the enjoying a lazy afternoon with a friend in the 300 level, drinking some beers and like a cheap hot dog is a great day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, but you and could, up baseball isn't going to help that, you know, like, I don't you know. You have a major league baseball team in Mexico city, maybe San Juan, Puerto Rico, maybe. Havana. But not in not in London. You can never have a major league baseball team in London. No one would want to play there. Like what you're gonna fly 15, 18 hours to go play Seattle or vice versa. Give me a break. Yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that would ever work. No, you should have a baseball team in Montreal. Montreal. Sure. Why hasn't anyone thought of that? Yeah. Well, I think that like, you know. If Major League Baseball is smart, which they're not, right. this season is like you got to hammer Mexico this year because Mexico did so good in the WBC, the WBC this, season, yeah. this year. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. And like, you know, 
if you want, if you ever want to get people excited about baseball in Mexico more than they are, it's like now's the time. Right, but, but I, I think like, what's what I'm speaking to here though is that like it, it, what it involves is people that are more invested in the game, people that really like the game and and know about and, and trust in the the experience. You know what I mean? It's like you don't need yeah. to create up the game because. It, what you need is people that are invested in the moment, you know, and it's not, I don't really understand how they're, the, the rules that they're doing are just like, that's not helping, you know, building the anticipation for a moment over, a, you know, the pitcher like sitting there and being like, Oh God, like swiping their sweat out their brow and the the batter standing there trying to figure out what the hell pitch is going to come next there. If you can break it down and get into that minutia of that, it's a really engaging moment. You know what I mean? And the yeah. more engaged in it, the kind of the larger it becomes because it's two people facing off as, you know, for their teams, but there's so many, and there's so many elements to it, but like Curry, just making that go faster it doesn't seem like that's really the, the way to do it. That being said, I had a really nice time and we got out of the stadium at a reasonable hour, which was sort of enjoyable. And it was actually really fun when the, when the clock started getting down, cause you could start to try and razz the pitcher. Like three, two, one. Guys, Joel, you know who Karen Chak is, right? Yeah. Did you see in that Cleveland series? We totally rattled him. He like gave up a bunch of runs in the, or he gave up a three run homer in the first game because he like went wild and walked a couple guys because he had a pitch clock violation. And then the whole crowd of every, the announcers were talking about it. Like, oh man, the crowd is really riding Did him. Did you about see it. the pitch clock from where you're sitting? Cause mm -hmm. in the training games, I was having a hard time finding the pitch clock. There are two clocks on either side, like kind of closer, like behind the batter, the, the, the on deck circle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they look like, you know, play clocks at the NFL. Right, it's like it's like an NCAA game when the shot clock's about to go down and the fans go. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Two, one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and some guys you can tell are rattled because some guys really want to take a second to like, okay, catch their breath, kind of thing, and it's like, nope, you just got to go, 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 go. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Hey. Uh, hey, everybody. My name's Joel. I'm coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. Uh, my hot take is I'm super jealous of both Salmon and Thomas because they've already been to a baseball game. Uh, I'm going to be at a baseball game on Saturday. Tonight's Thursday. I'm going to be at uh, White Sox at Pirates on oh, Saturday. Yeah. Which means that I gotta get up very early tomorrow morning and drive to Pittsburgh, which is actually one of my favorite road trips. I've done it a couple of times. You get Wait, you're going to Pittsburgh for the game? Yeah, the game's in oh, Pittsburgh. Cool. We're going to Pittsburgh. We're not gonna make it for the um, uh, home opener. The home opener is tomorrow day game. We're gonna be at the game on Saturday night. Who's we? Uh, me and my buddy Scott from work, who's a he, he's he's a Pittsburgh fan. He's not a baseball guy, but like he grew up in Pittsburgh. Um, that Three Rivers Stadium is supposed to, or whatever it's called, DNC Park. Yeah, I've been there before. You've been there, right? Yeah, I've been there before. It is my favorite, or one of my favorite parks. Um, Target Field, the Twins Park, is the only other one that I'm thinking of that's, like, really good. Huh. 
Yeah, I really like Target Field. It when TNC Park for the Pirates. I I actually really like Comerica Park for the Tigers. I've been there. Yeah, I I like that park. But <laughs> what are but, your what are your main stipulations? Um, amenities, view, like two views. View of the field and also like a skyline or vista of the outfield. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, food price and location within the city. Hmm. Those are those are usually the criteria that I'm isn't PNC kind of out there? No, it's it's downtown. Oh, okay. I the first time I got there, I got to literally walk across Roberto Clemente Bridge from my hotel to the park. It was amazing. That's cool. Uh, this time we'll probably have to take an Uber, but it's only going to it's it, it's like a twenty five minute walk or something like that. That'll be fun. Yeah, and and so. It's kind of facing downtown across the river, which is very beautiful. White Sox took two out of three from Houston, right? Split it 2-2. Oh, split it. Yep. White Sox split 2-2 with the Astros and then lost two out of three to the San Francisco Giants, which is embarrassing. Uh, Did the Giants score like 17 runs today or something? Yeah, 16. 16. Yeah, the Giants in a three-game series. Wait, I just had this keyed up. So the White Sox won one uh, out of three against the Giants, but the Giants won the first game 12-3. to The White Sox won the second game 7-3. to And then the Giants won today 16-6. to like they, 31 to 16, is that about right? Yep. In a three-game series, that's not good. How did, but who are your starters? You got Cease, you got Giolito, you got Lynn? Cease, Giolito, Lynn, Michael Kopech, and Mike Clevenger. That's right. Doesn't sound like a terrible starting. I mean, no, it, it's coming from coming from Boston, that sounds like an amazing starting. <laughs> Win Win got rid up today. Today was his second start. Uh, he had a very good first start, a win against the Astros, and then he got rid up today. Uh, Cease has been very good in both of his starts. Well, especially his first start. Yeah. Kopech got rid up one time. Clevenger has been very good in his one start. And Giolito has been a winner in his first start and a loser in his second start. So it's not bad, but it's not good. Who I gave think. up seven home runs? That's what I want to know. Kopech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joan uh, Moncada has like seven home runs, doesn't he? Moncada is playing amazing. I'm uh, really excited about that. But then Eloy... Is down for how and long? the 10-day IL with a strained hamstring. 
Oh, he, God, what is that guy's problem? He cannot stay healthy. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't stretch. He's yeah. like, like he's he's a dork. Who tells him not to stretch? He told Tony Tony LaRusso probably. That's how he was gone. He don't need to stretch. He, don't they have somebody to tell him that you have to stretch? Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't go through the motions. I think. I, I mean, big guy. He's a big guy. But well, I, I I just don't think he takes care of his body the way a major league baseball player needs to. Um. He's on the 10-day IL. He told the media today, he he asked if, like, he, he felt, what was it? I, I'm trying to remember it. He felt like he was healthy enough to pinch hit today. But whatever that's worth. Uh, but he can't because he's on the 10-day IL. Um, that's worth But he'll probably get hurt the next time he pinch hit. Yeah. Right. It's frustrating. And, and, they're trying to DH him. He didn't get hurt playing right field. He got hurt running from first to third. Jesus. Yeah, still with Michael Kopech. What like wasn't he like a number one prospect at some point? Yeah, I still think he'll be good. Um, I'm not too worried about Kopech. Maybe if he gets lit up again in his next. But how old is he now? He's like 28. Mm, that's a good question. I was going to say 24. Uh, well, if he's 24, then maybe, but... Yeah. You say, like, he's he's past his prime. I'm saying that I feel like he was going to be, like, a can't-miss prospect, number one prospect, going to be a big prospect, and now he's, like, three years removed from, like, his second phase of going to be a good prospect. He was born in 1996. So, yeah. no, you're right, he's 27, yeah. Better get it together pretty soon, Michael. Sorry, yeah. did I just make you worried about Michael Kopech now? Whatever, it's not your fault. Um, <laughs> right, and to get this back to the whole thing is that Kopech and Moncada were supposed to be the big uh, prospects that we got from the Red Sox for the Christmas. Right. Yeah. Well, Moncada definitely. I had, yeah, last year it was terrible, but he's always had the skills. My whole thing about Moncada is he's an every other year guy. I hate those guys. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of those guys. He's going to be, he was trash last year. He's going to be really, he'll probably be an all star. That'll be my hot take. He's, he's going to be an all star this year. And then he'll hit like 150 next year. But is that the whole hot take then? It's not just that he's going to be an all-star this year. It's that he's going to be an all-star this year and then fall completely out from grace next year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like the it's – it's the long con. Yeah, yeah. He just can't string together consecutive successful years. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, the other player I wanted to talk about is Luis Robert Jr., who, as of, whatever, seven games, has the highest war of any position player in Major League Baseball. Oh, he does? Yep. 
0.8. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Seven games, 0.8 wars. How does that happen? He's crushing the baseball and playing gold glove defense in center field. Wow, that's crazy. Is that like a record? That seems like a really fast compilation of war. I don't know. But the war is static, though, right? Like, it can go up and down over the season. Like, he can yeah. lose more at some point, right? Oh, sure. Definitely. That also means, though, that the three and four White Sox, the rest of those players must have terrible war. Between the, the three, there were three and six, you said? Three and four. They're three and four. So the 2.1 war that's exists, 2.2 war no, that's exists. No, no, 0. 0.8. He's he's almost won them a game. Right. So the other two, the other two war are down to the rest of the of 24 players or whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny stat. Yep. Well, it's thankfully it's really early. It hasn't even started getting warm yet. Right, which is what's great about baseball. Um, yeah, you know, somebody somebody was like, I just can't go for it. It's just so long. Well, well yeah, that's how you figure out who's really actually good. It's yeah. take a long time. It's the best part about it. <clears throat> you don't have to freak out about a, after three days. But you can if you want. The Mets should. Um, those Mets. The Mets. Is Adley Rushman going to win MVP in the, or would he be rookie of the year? No, he has to be last. Yeah, year. he was rookie last year. <laughs> Who's going to? Uh, everybody still going with their same World Series picks? Probably. Yeah. Um, I might like. I, again, it's been a week, right? But what about, a, what about a Braves versus Rays? Uh, Rays came out hot. The boy, I don't understand how the Rays keep like just overperforming expectations, yeah. and how we keep setting expectations lower for them. I don't. I mean, maybe not us, but the the public in general. Right, because they're in the division with the New York Yankees, and everybody always thinks that the New York Yankees are going to win. But like their rotation is so gnarly, and it's like they just and Glasnow hasn't thrown a pitch. You know what I mean? It's like what the hell? Like Shane McClanahan, like I guess he started the All Star game last year, but I was like, who when that happened? You know what I mean? Like they just all of a sudden have like pitchers that are just like, oh yeah, those guys they're like the most dominant. Jeffrey Springs, sure, he's like one of the best pitchers in the league. Right. What the fuck did that happen? <laughs> um. All right, so I want to do a brief thing. We've talked about this before, so we shouldn't talk about it too much, but the new rules. After a week of Major League Baseball, how do you guys, how are you guys feeling about the rule changes now that we've seen them in, in actual meaningful Major League Baseball games? Uh I got a funny anecdote. Yeah. Rule change related. <clears throat> so, you know, they play. Did you, you might actually told this story already, Joel, but they play Sweet Caroline at Fenway Park after the 
eighth inning or in the eight, middle of the eighth inning, and everyone sings along. But because of the new rules, there's not enough time in between innings to play the entire song. And so, <laughs> I and did, so they have to because I went the to that, that spring training. Right. Yeah. Right, which is fucked because that's a thing. That's like a big fan thing at the game. You know what I mean? So what happens... That's what changing happens some of my mind. Is that everyone just keeps singing into the beginning of the bottom of the eighth inning. Like, they don't stop. Good, good, good. There's, like, the last verse of the song that they cut off that everybody just sings straight through to the end. Like, the entire stadium. That's cool. That's funny. What about Take Me Out to the Ball Game? Did that feel rushed at all? No, that song's only, like, ten seconds long. See, because I would argue that Sweet Caroline is a far too long of a song and that maybe the Major League Baseball is on something with that. <laughs> You're done, Boston fans. Stop it. Stop I'm just trolling it. Sam a little bit there, I think. You know? Yeah, well, the thing, I mean, the thing is, and we've said it before, it's like the pitch clock is only for TV audiences. Yeah. It sucks yeah. at the stadium. And the funny thing is that the Red Sox are averaging over three hours per game anyway. Um, I think that they're, I think that they're one of the longest baseball games in all of the sport every year the red Sox are for some reason but because they have to sing that fucking list all these songs in between yeah <laughs> we got a lot of songs <clears throat> that's what happened uh, no it's good for the game they've been giving up so many home runs and also scoring so many runs <laughs> that's why the games have been so long but it's fucked up because it's you know it's hard it's like you want to go get a beer but you don't want to miss three innings you know what i mean like it's oh, yeah. it's not it, it didn't feel good. And then, like, sometimes the batter's not ready or sometimes the pitcher's not ready and you still got to play. And it's like, well, that fucking sucks. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. I, you know, that's, like, that cheap, that's a, that cheapens the game for everybody. It's like, oh, the batter's not ready. We're going to throw the ball anyway. Oh, I, I did find over. I did find that yelling at the pitcher about not being able to get the pitch off in time was actually pretty fun. I thought that that was pretty fun. More yeah, than, sure. It's more uh, things to heckle about, sure. I don't think I, it's making the game any better. No, it just gives you some. But I mean, I think, I guess ultimately you just have to take the, it's like, you know, it's like the fans singing into the next inning. Just take the rule changes and make them your own, you know, have your yeah. own. Yeah, totally. Like, we're just going to sing that song anyway. Totally. Uh, I think that's pretty fun. I like that there's more stealing. Yes, yes, that the two rules I'm at, well, okay. My favorite rule is the two rules that make it easier to steal. That's fun. Um, I thought that the I thought the pickoff thing, the ingering pitchers engagement thing was gonna be really run rampant. And it still might be kind of weird because it's like if you step off twice, then all of a sudden the, the pit the the, the batter can do what or the, the base runner can do kind of whatever the fucking want. They should probably do something about that. But even as a baseball fan, I'm going to admit that I fucking hated pitch after, like, pitch after pitch after pitch to post base. Yeah. Hated See, that. I love that. God, and then, I, like, if it's the opposing pitcher, you just boo the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I hated the booing, too. I'm like, why? Why are you booing him? Like, he's doing his job. Like, yeah. when, Not really. He's neither throwing a pitch or picking somebody up. 
You just throw it in the post. And the post right. throwing it back. Yeah, why aren't we booing the base runner for taking the lead in the first place? Good point. Now, see, it's all about getting on that opposing pitcher. Well, see, okay, I think, but so I've, I'm with Joel. Like, I don't boo the guy when he throws over to first base because I don't think it's a booable offense. But I do like booing the opposing pitcher. So I'm kind of not as opposed. I'm not opposed I'm, to. I boo the opposing pitcher if he steps off the rubber. I boo the opposing pitcher for anything. Yeah, I'm st- I appreciate that. I'm just saying Yeah, there's been a lot of focus in the booing in a lot of stadiums on just the pickoff throw. It's like, well, that's the only pick thing you're booing about. Yeah. I boo everything yeah. about the guy. Somebody throws a pickoff throw and the crowd goes fucking nuts. Uh, yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's the most boring play in sports. <laughs> but yeah, that's why you but, boo. Yeah, but it drives the home crowd so up the that's wall. crazy. It's a little a, a reaction is a little over over the top. I, <laughs> I like, but I think there is a problem where after two steps off the mound, then the runner's like he can't do anything. Yeah, I think that's problematic. He can steal second. Um, but I do like more steals. I like the shift ban. I didn't think I was going to like the shift. Look at that. Look at that. Thomas is showing us he has completed all of the laundry. All the laundry is folded. Oh my (laughs) God. Look at that. You know, you may think we're just talking about baseball here, but we're getting shit done. Getting shit done. Thomas is, well, I got laundry in the drive. Um, we better wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like I like the increased batting average. I like more. Safety. What is that? What, what is that? What rule change made that? Uh, the shift restrictions. Oh, okay. You think that the really games I've watched, I'm like, oh, ground ball single. Like I've seen a lot more ground ground. Yeah, ball. you're right. Which is fun. I guess I'm sad because I wanted offenses to adjust to the shift and to teach hitters how to hit op- opposite ways. That's what I was hoping. I wish. Like, so I wish that would have happened. But I, it's more fun to see more hits. It is. I agree. Yeah. I hate I hate like acknowledging that I don't mind these rule changes. Yeah, I, pitch clock sucks. This, this is actually my least part, favorite part about this rule change. Yeah, is that I'm acknowledging that I don't mind it. Yeah. I, <clears throat> the pitch clock is the only one that bothers me. I like pitch clock sucks. I never cared about the bases or the or the shift yeah. fan. You know, when I was at the game, I did notice the bases looked bigger, and I thought, yeah, they do. They look huge. <laughs> They look like softball bases, you know, those yeah, double sure. bases that they have for softball. Yeah, I didn't think I would notice that at all, but I totally did. It's like one of the first things I noticed at the game. <laughs> bases is giant. The- that was the one rule change I would have thought would not have, I wouldn't have even cared about at all, but it was maybe the one that I noticed the most at the baseball game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like I'm, <clears throat> like I think that I'm less bothered by the shift ban and the bigger bases than I am by the like fact that you can't clean out the catcher anymore or the guy trying to turn a double play. 
Yeah, come on. That's like that's those were that was fun. I mean, the, yep. the, the guy at second base was especially the one because it's like that's where like the how that was the, the coolest position in baseball was a shortstop just because of that fucking play. What they using it over the sliding guy throwing the ball? Yeah, exactly. It's cool. And that was the only reason second base was cool at all. But that's what happened to Pedroia, right? That ended his career? Now, the problem is that he didn't jump over the guy. Yeah. He yeah. had too much fucking... Well, also was the Adams slide. the night before, and he couldn't like, jump. He got cleated. That's a different thing. That's not like, you know, Manny Machado went in there trying to... Didn't try to break up a double play. He was trying to kick him in the knee with his cleat, which is what he did, you know? Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> that's not cool. That was always <laughs> illegal. That's been illegal for a long time. Old time. Or against the rules. Don't, don't. I like the story about Ty Cobb sharpening his spikes. Cobb was a great player. The Manny Machado of his time, Ty Cobb. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> oh my God. We're now we're definitely going to get sued. We're now we're definitely going to get sued. All right, we got to wrap this up. What's what's in the future for the Red Sox? What's in the future for the Seattle Mariners? Uh, I think that the this first couple series of the Red Sox is <clears throat> kind of a snapshot of how the season's going to go. Um, I think our starting pitching will get a little better. We got a couple guys who are kind of starting off slow in spring training, and they're going to be back in the next few weeks, and that might think, make things better, but you know, we don't, we're looking like the angels here and that like, <clears throat> hey, there's hey, no interest in paying. Well, I have a cousin who's a, lives in Southern California is a huge angels fan. He's been, has been his whole life. And he's like, angels just never pay for pitching. They just don't pay, ever pay for pitching. And that seems to be the high and bloom Red Sox philosophy is like, we will not pay pitchers. We're never going to pay pitchers. And it's like, well, if you're not going to pay pitchers, you're not going to have good pitching. So that seems to be the future of the Boston Red Sox as it stands now. I, too, think this opening series and two open weekend and two series were indicative of how the Mariners seasons go. I think we're I think we're going to sink to the bottom of the AL West, although. Oakland's pretty bad, and Anaheim, I don't, like they are Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and like whoever else they can get to show up that fucking day. It's just like the right. most bizarre thing. And they took two out of three from us, and Mike Trout and Shohei Otani just like single. Like Shohei Otani hit like a monster home run and the two a one run pitched a one run six inning. You know, it was like Mike Trout was like. I don't know, eight for 13 or something like in the weekend series. He got on base like five times in one game. It was just like those two just seriously ran rough shot over us and took two out of three. And then there was like, you know, like Michael O'Keefe or something like their backup catcher hit a three run homer. It was like, just like the fucking <clears throat> who and Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Um, and then Anthony Rendon was just like bare knuckle boxing someone who called him a little bitch in the parking lot. <laughs> like try to climb over a fence. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't, like, he wasn't around because he was just like responding to trolls on Twitter the entire time. 
I mean, I gotta say, shame on me for drafting him in my fantasy league. <laughs> Uh, that's the tungsten tungsten arm O'Doyle coast, right? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> I forget that story that we've talked about on this. It's just a tweet. It's just a tweet that some dude tweeted. I can <laughs> it's but, the it's it's the angels meme, right? It's the angels meme. The angels meme is uh uh Mike Trout hit three home runs and raised his average to 533. And Shohei Otani hit uh, a clean inning and did something that no one has done in Major League Baseball since Tungsten Armo Doyle in yeah, as the Tigers defeated the Angels. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's a good tweet. There's a funny, oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna tell the story and then we'll log off. So there's a funny story that somebody else told on Twitter, which was that the jet like so this has become like a meme on baseball Twitter, like Tungsten Armo Doyle. Mm-hmm. Japanese media has had a really hard time translating it because when you translate it. Like they don't get the joke. Like the joke is that Shohei Otani is doing things that no one in Major League Baseball has ever done before, and they keep losing baseball games. Yeah. And so, like this Japanese like uh, PR guy was trying to figure out how did how do you translate tungsten armor. <laughs> And that's not really the joke, but that is, no, I, I made a mess of that, but it it's funny. It's, some, it's lost in the translation. The, the right, it gets lost in the translation. Like the Japanese, right. like baseball fans don't get the joke of like, uh, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, we've got a balanced schedule now, but like as an, as a, as an AL West fan, like you watch, Every day, the headline is that like Mike Trout hits a two-run homer and Shohei Otani pitches six hits of six six innings of shutout baseball and rate a you know lose. Lose six to three. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like and it is what? it happens all the time. Maybe not this last weekend series with the Mariners, but in the last couple of years, it's it's like the meme set of the of the you know the the WBC team with Mike Trout, the WBC team with Shohei Otani, the real life major league team with both of them it's like but it is because there's nobody else on that fucking team except for anthony Rendon, who sucks and yeah yeah and, and, and her management Rendon. yeah <laughs> we should go back next time we play the angels definitely all right <clears throat> three well baseball is back yay yay yeah <laughs> I got this one coworker uh, <laughs> at work. I know that's redundant. And he's a big Yankees fan. Sounds real, like a fucking real asshole. He's a real <laughs> fucking asshole. But like he was walking around campus with his Yankees shit on. We'd be like, and I'd be walking around with my White Sox shit on. We like baseball, baseball. And yeah. You, that's the one I, uh, thing you have in common with a Yankee fan. 
He's a nice. Like, the Yankee fan is like, yay, baseball. Pretty soon football's going to start. He should be a Phillies fan. I keep trying to tell it. He's from Jersey. He's not from New York. He's from Jersey. I'm like, why are you not a Phillies fan? Because he's like. <coughs> That's like, not much better. It's yeah, it is. way better. He's like 42. He grew up with like the Jeto. He grew up in North Jersey with the Jeto fans. Well, North Jersey, then it's a little bit makes a little more sense. South Jersey would be questionable. He grew up in North Jersey. Yeah, it should be. Well, then he may as well be a Red Sox fan. He grew up in North North Jersey, which means he tells people he's from New York City. <laughs> <laughs> And the Yankee hat goes with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm from the city. You're from the city. <laughs> Hoboken. Actually, that's funny. I am fighting all these like secret baseball fans at my job. Yeah, you haven't really talked about them, but now I feel like every time we talk to you, there's like another like you're going to Pittsburgh for the home opener with a worker, and you've been texting about your oh, yeah. Japanese coworker, and then you're and now you got another Yankee fan coworker. You never talked about any of these guys. Before. Yeah, no, yeah, I, just... I uh, <clears throat> there was a Yankees. There were two Yankees fans sitting below us in our section at uh, the at Orioles the... Red Sox game that I went to. Mm-hmm. Just <clears throat> and they got kicked out. <laughs> Why were they there? I don't know. Because the Yankees fans are fucking idiots. And the thing is, it's like, they were like standing up and be like, oh, yeah, what's up? This guy in the Aaron Judge shirt. And I was like, you're in danger. Yeah. Like, what I'm are not, you doing here? I'm you're not even heckling you. I'm trying to avoid <laughs> you. I'm not shouting at you. I'm trying to help you. Go. Uh, Why did they get kicked out? I don't know, but you know, I'm probably I don't know. They were probably swearing or something. I couldn't hear them, but uh, they, you know, no Red Sox fans got kicked out, and you know that there was some sort of altercation, and they yeah. just kicked out the Yankees fans. They're scoring the right out of the game. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. <clears throat> Pretty funny though. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, Yankees fans are stupid. That's all I'm trying to say. Oh, I yeah. second that. Dude. That's an official dump on the ump position. Uh, yeah. The official dump on the ump position. People are like, how can you support three baseball teams? We don't. We're opposed to one baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's really it. That should, that's, we should really lean more into that. It's not really about the three teams we like. It's about the one team we all hate. <laughs> well, it's just their fans are so dumb. Like, yeah. They don't know anything about baseball. They don't care about baseball. They love cops, you know? Like, yeah. Those pinstripes, you look close, they're really just thin blue lines. You know what I mean? Like, that's... A lot of of black and white. They should try and do a Yankees hat, thin blue line hat, like some kind of mashup. I'm sure that would sell so well. It would so well. I guarantee you that exists. Probably does. Yeah. On on fucking Canal Street in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Queens. I don't know. They're the Bronx. The Mets are the Queens. 
I'm getting angry. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Joel's just talking to himself. Joel's just talking to himself. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Dump on the Yump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm going to Pittsburgh this weekend. I'll be posting. Have fun. On the account from Pittsburgh. I'm super fucking excited about that. Do you guys have plans to go to a game anytime soon? I gotta go to a Mets game. Week. Yeah. But I have not made plans for it yet. Nope. Yeah. You gotta make a sign for Steve Cohen. Yeah. Like what? Sell the team. Like if I promise to blow out my knee, will you give me ninety million dollars? Right. Money can't buy me love, something like that. Yeah, you could come up with something funny. Right. Uh, no, where is... You're rich, but you're still ugly, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> where are all your rich friends now? Yeah. Where are they? We need to move to payroll. We need to sign another closer. <laughs> he actually has been okay about that, hasn't he? I think he's actually been great. I think it's great what he's doing. I don't have a problem with that guy at all. Yeah. Right, except for, like, he's a horrible monster. He is a horrible monster. Check out the episode about Steve Cohen and how he's a horrible fucking monster. I, I just, feel like you've been saying that, but I still don't know, so I'll just have to go check out that episode. Check out the episode. We should just do it again. I was trying to Google the name of his lawyer who got arrested in Costa Rica in the 90s for uh, real estate scams. Like, they were involved in a lot of real estate scams in Queens in the 1990s. And his personal lawyer fled the country to avoid getting arrested and then got arrested like years later in Costa Rica and got shipped back to the United States. Wait, what was the, what was the name of the lawyer of Trump's lawyer? Michael Cohen. Donald oh, Steve Cohen. Cohen's Michael Cohen. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because they were Jewish. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, his whole, like, his investment firm was the poster child for everything that's wrong with the American finance system. Yeah. And they had to pay billions of dollars in fines to the SEC. No, they just, that was a drop in the bucket. Yeah, no, he's he's personally worth like fifteen billion dollars. Right, he's and that was exponentially. I was spending it all on baseball. No, well, but no, like if if no, because yeah. he's making so much money on baseball. If he's spending yeah. three hundred million dollars a year on his roster. That's nothing. That is chump change to Steve Cohen. Like this dude is so fucking rich. I'll I'll rep- I'm gonna repost our episode. Sam, were you on that episode that we did? You were. were you? I must have been. No, because I did a couple on my own. Just because of I'm your sure. owner sucks. Of your owner sucks. Yeah, I think you were on the Steve Cohen. We did Steve Cohen. Jim Crane, he's a war criminal. Yeah, I remember you guys talking about it. I feel like I've heard, I know about it. I'm going to repost these episodes, and then we should kind of revisit them, because they're fascinating. Basically, basically the story is there's no good, more, there's no morally good way to become a billionaire. 
No, I don't think there is. No. But Steve Cohen is not a good dude. All right. All right. I'm sorry. We're at an hour, 10 minutes. We got to go to bed. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. This has been Dump on the Yump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Uh, listen to us on all your social media applications, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. Follow us on Twitter, uh, UmpDump2005. We also got an Instagram account, a Twitter account, and a Facebook account. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Happy baseball season. For Thomas and for Sam, my name is Joel. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. We bake on and If you don't believe I'm leaving, count the days I'm gone. <laughs>